Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Emily Steele. She's the CEO and co-founder at Hummingbirds. Emily, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. We did it. <laughs> yeah, excited to have you. Excited to have you. So, Emily, why don't you start? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I am an Iowa native. I um, am in Des Moines and I have been a small business uh, guru, marketing guru, and passionate about the small business local community for, I feel like as long as I've been alive, a natural kind of community builder. Um, I took a lot of my passion in in marketing and small business and local communities and community development and, and kind of spun it into a business called Hummingbirds where we get local people um, trying and sharing their uh, the businesses in their own community and their own backyards on social media. So uh, I've been doing that for about four years, four or five years at this point, um, bootstrapped the company um, in Des Moines, Iowa, and turned it into kind of a venture backed uh, business that's going national and going to all these cities to really help businesses tap into local voices who are driving behavior for them. So um, outside of work, I am a mom of two littles, um, I'm passionate about travel and I just love connecting with people, which is why I love podcasts. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, it sounds like you've had an, you know, an interesting journey bringing you to hummingbirds. You know, obviously I love that you love podcasts and a mom. So, you know, you mentioned pre like previously talking a little bit about, you know, being hyper-focused on the local. Talk to me a little bit mm -hmm. more about hummingbirds and what, what you mean by that. Yeah. So felt like in 2018, I was running a local marketing advertising marketing advertising agency of, of sorts. And I had a lot of clients that were working with me that were bringing kind of these different strategies over to me as they transitioned from in-house or from another agency. And a lot of the advertising solutions that I became really crystal clear, like aware of were, you know, the billboards, print, TV, radio, and those have existed for forever, right? Like they've been kind of the go-to local advertising solutions. Um, and here I am thinking to myself, okay, I am not making decisions at a local level based on any of those things. And I am, I'm a millennial. So like, there's that, right? Like I'm not watching TV. I'm not listening to the radio. I'm like Spotifying and Huluing, if you will. Um, and I just got curious. I'm like, okay, clients, like who, who are you trying to target? Like who's, who's your buyer? Like how are they making decisions to come to your, your shop? Are you really clear on that? And so what we found over time is that a lot of these businesses look to their customers to drive behavior, to get, it kind of a referral motion word of mouth marketing. Like, okay, we have this channel that's really impactful at a local level, but really hard to tap into. And so I really got curious about how do you kind of systematize and strategize around word of mouth marketing? And so Honeybirds really came of this, like, it was really obvious that influencer marketing was going to blow up at like a national global scale. And it was really clear that word of mouth marketing is very impactful from like a local business strategy. It's impactful for every business, especially in a geocentric way. Like how do we kind of ride this wave of influencer marketing growth, but do it in a really, really localized way. So that's kind of where my head was at in 2018 when we kind of kicked this off at a very, very basic level. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, the word influencer can have a lot of connotations. So somebody once said to me that it's not necessarily like the influencer that you see with hundreds and thousands of followers, but it's more so the everyday person working with local products. Am I right in thinking about it like that? 
Totally. Yeah. I think, you know, there's this kind of thought that like, oh, you work with an influencer and they have hundreds of thousands of followers, but you really think about the people who influence you at a local level. It's probably your neighbor, your favorite barista, like the people you go to sand volleyball with, like these are the people driving your decision-making. Um, and so they're not influencers and yet they have influence. So those are kind of the people we look for. Yeah. And how do you, and, you know, obviously finding those people with influence, how do you find those on a localized level? Is it, you know, a lot of cold calling or like, how do you target who you, who you work with? Yeah, that's kind of like our our secret sauce in so many ways of really understanding the persona of who we call hummingbirds. Like they're already kind of sharing because they want to on social, like their favorite cocktail bar, like the music festival they went to, like they're actively using Instagram, which is our main platform. We we see driving the most local behavior they're you know they're tagging the business in the post they're adding hashtags like support dsm or kc local and so for us it's like okay who are the people who are already talking local in a specific city and we invite them to be part of our community which is you know they're really excited they're like i already love this city and now i can get perks or payment to to promote things like yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I love that. And, you know, I'm curious talking about, you know, shifting not only from the influencers, but to the brands a little bit. Um, you mm-hmm. know, do you have any stories of any successful influencer marketing campaigns that you've implemented? Yeah, several, which is really exciting. And I think like when we look at the, the customers we work with, you know, some are like looking at kind of that bottom of funnel conversion. Like we want to see people actually physically come here purchase products. Like we want to track it at like kind of a very, very sales level. And some people are like, we want awareness. We want like strong reach and impressions because it funnels into like our overall marketing performance dashboard, if you will. And so it's interesting to look at you know, how people really look at success when they're tapping into people marketing. But, you know, one of the things that we just got a testimonial back from one of our customers who, who runs kind of like a wellness, um, program or wellness company, um, in the area and she engaged with hummingbirds and she like got her ROI back in like three appointments because essentially, you know, someone comes in as a hummingbird has an appointment and if they, they love the experience, either they're going to post about it on social to reach their friends. Um, but they're also potentially going to come back to be a customer and then continue to be a referral. And so we're always like, you know, no other form of advertising can also be your customer and like a lifetime champion, like when the billboard comes down, the advertising stops. When you work with people, it continues. So what we hear from our customers is that, you know, they love the retention as they track it of the hummingbirds who have a delightful experience and then come back for more. And then also just seeing like this customer specifically track like their social media growth as well as their email list growth. And so she really had a firm grip on like, okay, this touches top, middle and bottom of funnel. And she was able to kind of track that I think that's, you know, fascinating. And I'm sure tracking those numbers is so important to tracking growth. And like you said, Mm -hmm. understanding what that growth and what those KPIs are to other companies, because like you said, some people may want follows, some people may want an ROI or brand awareness. And sometimes if you're speaking two different languages, that can be a really tough to, as a position for you to be in. Yes, exactly. It's just getting really clear, like through the whole sales process of like, what do you think success looks like? Because if you think it's like everyone immediately walks into your store the second they see content, like we have a very, very, we're not going to deliver that for you. That's not how it works. <laughs> um, so just getting that clarity on the front end is really helpful because we only we want to bring in the types of customers who who do understand and resonate with the value we, we bring. 
Absolutely. And, you know, we've talked about building of brands through, you know, word of mouth marketing with those local influencers. Talk to me a little bit about the growth of hummingbirds specifically, because, you know, you mentioned people, you know, posting about being a hummingbird and sharing it that way. So is it also mm-hmm. word of mouth that's helped grow hummingbirds? Yeah. Like we're kind of using the strategy that our brands use to build our own company. So we very much like tapping into our own hummingbirds to drive our hummingbird growth. Like refer your friends, refer your neighbors, like people who are already like, who are, who's influencing you? Like get them into our community. And so we definitely look at that, but we also have a team that's really focused on kind of finding those first, like a hundred people in every city, like to get us started. And, you know, the more content that exists on these cities, city pages that we run on Instagram, the virality happens from like a business side, as well as the hummingbird side. So we're definitely like quote unquote eating our own dog food in terms of like the, and like getting the value of hummingbirds that our, our brands get, which is awesome. Yeah. And you mentioned something earlier that I want to circle back to about building the hummingbird brand and saying that, yeah. you know, you're looking for someone who is passionate about that, you know, the, the local businesses. Do you think that's one of the ways that hummingbirds is able to really differentiate itself from its competition, knowing that, you know, not only are you local as hummingbirds local, but you're, you care about the businesses in your, in your city. And then you're branching that out to people that share that same passion. Yeah, I think differentiation is key. Like I think about our moat, if you will, as a company. And like, I've seen so many other companies like creator um, platforms, like try to do this like nano local thing. And it's, first of all, like the brands that they typically bring in are really franchise focused or like they don't feel local. Mm -hmm. And the reality is like some of our customers also don't feel local, but we we pay for campaigns. We find trade partnerships that are those local businesses because we can't promise that when you log in, like everything's going to be like hyper-local, like that, like locally owned and loved business in your own backyard. Like it takes time for us to build out like those brands on our platform, of course. But I think that is a differentiator is like, we're not necessarily targeting the influencer who wants like to build like a paid like influencer lifestyle. But we are tapping into the people who, who really identify as kind of like the social media enthusiast, the um, person who has influence. So influencer isn't like a word we use very often in our brand. However, these are influencers in so many ways. And so, you know, it, the reality is like we get, we're democratizing influence, right? Like everyone has influence. So how do you take those local voices and also empower them to say, you have an inspiring voice. You're incredible. Like here's here are five different pieces of content that you can create to continue adding value in your own city. So it's definitely our moat in the sense, like we build community. We really, you know, here's the persona and here's the the brand values of a hummingbird. Like we want you to align with that before you sign up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like you said, that communication is so important and having very clear expectations. Yeah. Yeah. We really try. <laughs> I'm curious to pick your brain a little bit, Emily, about common misconceptions, because I think that a lot of people understand or think that they understand local marketing, influencer marketing, but may not have a full grasp on it. So in, you know, from your perspective as CEO, as co-founder, are there any common misconceptions that you tend to hear often, whether it be from friends and family, from brands, from influencers, anything that you tend to hear often? Yeah. You know, I think what's been really interesting is, you know, we've talked to businesses, for example, that have tapped into influencers and they're like, it doesn't work. And they're like, like, who did you work with? And they'll tell me they worked with someone who is like, let's say a Minnesota based influencer. And so this influencer has 250,000 followers. They pay this individual a lot of money to access her network. And 
just because someone lives in a state or a city does not mean they have influence there. And so if you're paying for someone's for access to someone with 250K audience, like the likelihood is that this person has um, influence in a category, not a city. So this person that I recall, you know, had 250K followers, but she posted her beautiful home. And so people were like looking at her as like how she styled her home, what she purchased online and like from Amazon. And so when she did a campaign with a grocery store in her city, you can imagine that just doesn't translate. So to me, it's like so, such a no-brainer, but I know for others, it's been really confusing to navigate. Um, and so that's one that I'm like, just because someone has, like says they live in a city doesn't mean they have influence in a city. So really do your homework if you're a brand looking for that. That's probably the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, you know, there's, I think the word influencer can feel a little pretentious. And so I think, um, yeah, the minute we are like, we're building a local influencer community, people are like, oh, so you know, someone the other day was like, oh, so it's a bunch of Karens. And I was like, first of all, no, that's like an awful weird thing to say. Um, and then others are like, oh, it's a bunch of Kim Kardashians. I'm like, also, no, like that's like that the scale of people. And so I think the influencer space is so new that it's like a little confusing to know and understand what influencer means and almost be able to redefine it at a local level. And I'm curious when you're talking about doing your homework, it sounds like almost having businesses do, I don't want to call it necessarily an audit. And I don't want to take away from the secret sauce of hummingbirds, but saying like a lot of it may, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like a lot of what hummingbirds may do is consulting on like helping companies identify their brand and like what they stand for and what they view as their consumer or their client. Am I thinking of that right? Yeah, that definitely happens in kind of the sales and onboarding process just to be like, okay, who are you trying to target? Why, what have you done in the past? Like where have you, what are the channels you're using that actually are creating growth and how do we stack that against or in alignment with the content creator approach? And like, yeah, I think, you know, the people come in and expect to find hummingbirds with 10K plus followers. I'm like, that's like, you're not going to see that. Our platform is all about like create a campaign and people opt in. And so you only get to see the interested hummingbirds as part of like the campaign. And so we do consulting in the sense, like we want brands to create campaigns that people are actually interested in. And so there's a level of like writing, right. And like positioning that is really, really critical in that stage. You know, I I think that's really interesting. And like you said, people think that when they hear influencer, they think of, you know, obviously not a great example of Karen and, you know, obviously not another great example of a Kim Kardashian, like two very different spectrum. Um, But, you know, helping brands identify, you know, what what they need from hummingbirds to be successful. So, you know, yeah. Emily, I think this, I think this has been a terrific, you know, conversation that we've had thus far. As we start to wrap up, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with, whether it be about the growth of hummingbirds, advice that you've received, you know, uh, advice Gosh. for brands or influencers, anything that you want to leave our listeners with? I feel like I would be sad if I didn't mention this. And this is not like a comes from a place, doesn't come from a place of ego or like, look at us, look at me. But I, you know, I'm a female founder and like, I have another female co-founder in this space and we closed a $3.3 million seed round of capital in November. And like, that's a huge deal we for women in tech, especially Midwest. Like we, we just like, I think women raise two point two to 3% of all venture capital dollars. And so I like to be a voice of like, 
we did it. You can do it. Like put your product in the market, get early adopters, get people to test it, like bring something to life, get revenue, raise, and you can raise capital. It is possible. And so I feel like I would be regretful if I didn't share like that little slice of our story that like, yeah, like we did it. So can you. And I, I'm always happy to be uh, someone that, you know, another founder could reach out to, to be like, tell me like, tell me about my deck. How can I think about this? Who's your network and, and be a value there because it's, it's really, really hard um, for women, women founders. So just wanted to share that. That's my final note, I think. <laughs> and where can people reach you and reach hummingbirds to, to learn more about, about, you know, maybe being a brand or maybe being an influencer? Yeah. I mean, on both sides, like we're in 15 cities as of this recording, mostly Midwest at this point, but to be a hummingbird, um, visit hummingbirds.com and head over to the hummingbird side brands. We have just as much information on the brand side. Um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm just Emily Steele. I'm very active on Instagram because I'm totally a hummingbird. <laughs> um, so you can find me there at emily.steel. I hang out the most there in the DMs, but I'm hanging out on LinkedIn too. So Fantastic. Well, Emily, thank you so much for this conversation. I think this was very insightful, empowering, and I really appreciate you being on Business Ninjas today. Thanks, Kelsey. Yeah, great to have you. Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started.